Father, we pray that you would plant this truth of your word that we're going to look at today deep in our hearts, Lord, and really change us with a realization of how you work in your people. So we're not surprised by it. We're not disillusioned by it. We realize it. We realize that uh, the good you intend in this way. And so we just pray, Lord, that you would give us a spirit of revelation and understanding today. We receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So there was this guy. He and his friend were walking in the wilderness, and they came across this water well out there like in the middle of nowhere, and they were just so surprised by it. So they went over to the water well, and one of, the, one of them said to the other, he said, I wonder how deep this well is. And the other one said, I don't know. And then he noticed this old rusty anvil sitting near the well, the well, and he said, let's try this. And he picked up the anvil, and he dropped it down the water well, and then they listened to see if they could hear it hit, and they never heard it. The next thing they noticed, all of a sudden, this baby goat is running right toward them, and the goat runs right toward him and then dives right down the well. And they're like, what was that all about? Next thing they know, here comes this shepherd, and he's running, saying, Becky, Becky. And they say, what are you looking for? He said, my, my baby goat. My, my baby goat. Have you seen my baby goat, Becky? And they said, well, we just saw this goat run about 100 miles an hour and jump right down this well. And the shepherd said, that's impossible. I had her tied with a rope to an anvil. <laughs> Some strange things can happen in the wilderness. Now, for the believer that finds himself or herself in a time of wilderness testing, it may sometimes seem strange that the things that are happening are happening to you. But God intends them to bring about good for you. Now, last week, we left off our study on God's grand story with the people of Israel wandering the wilderness for 40 years. And God had his reasons for them to be wandering the wilderness. Let's just review that. Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 15 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 8, 15 says, He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, he brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know. Now listen to this part. That he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. That he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. God has always led his people through difficult times of wilderness testing with the goal of doing good for them in the end. So if you're a believer in Christ, and right now you, you would say, I feel like I'm in a time of wilderness testing in my life, then you need to know that God is go God's goal for this season of your life is to do good for you 
before this is over. Do good for you in the end. What you need to do, what each of us needs to do, is during our time of wilderness testing, we must continue to trust God and to draw close to God, believing that he's going to bring good about. Now, what kind of good are we talking about? What is the good that God intends to bring into our lives from this wilderness testing time? Well, last week we saw that the good that God aimed to do through wilderness testing was to make his people intensely, deeply, and lastingly conscious of their total dependence on God for everything. Now, Israel, we saw last week, did not learn this lesson in the first two and a half years they were in the wilderness. So God has to tack on 37 and a half more years of wilderness wandering for them to learn this lesson. I just want to, I want to emphasize this, that times of wilderness testing that we all will find ourselves in from time to time in our lives, that God has his goal to bring about good for us during these times. And that key goal is that we would learn to fully trust him for everything. And what we see in the in this story of Israel wandering the wilderness, we see that God is very serious about his people learning this lesson. He was serious about them learning the lesson, and he's serious about us learning this lesson. Now, I want to continue with this understanding of what God is doing when we are in a time of wilderness testing. And I actually want to break it down to three elements. It could even be called a three-part process that God does for us when we're in times of wilderness testing. Those three elements or three parts are, it is for our separation, our separation unto God. It is for our revelation, a revelation from God. And it is for our preparation, our preparation for what God has for us next. And what we see with Israel coming out of bondage, out of Egypt, and Moses leading them into, leading them to the promised land, when they are in the wilderness, there is a time of separation, revelation, and preparation God intends for Israel. There was to be a separation from Egypt and its influences, and a separation unto God. There was to be a revelation from God at Mount Sinai and throughout the wilderness for their relationship with God to go forward. And there was to be a time of preparation for them as a nation to now make the next steps into the promised land. So separation, revelation, and preparation. I really want to kind of delve in there because I think it's important for us to understand what God is doing while we find ourselves in these times. First of all, wilderness testing is a time of separation unto God. God led Israel into the wilderness so they could be separated from the influences of Egypt and separated unto him, unto God. Before anyone can really graduate into walking closer to God, we must first be separated from whatever influences are actually interfering with us drawing close to God. 
So God, because he's more committed to us drawing close to him than we are, he sees the things that are interfering with us coming close to him. And so he so works to help separate us from those things. And so at this point, some of you that are finding yourselves in a time of wilderness testing need to ask yourself, is there something that God is trying to separate me from the influences of so I can draw closer to him? That's a good question to ask. Is there something that God is separating me from the influence of this thing or this person so he can draw me closer to him? I told the story last week of of how on my senior year in high school, when I was uh, being recruited to play basketball, I particularly wanted to play at Louisiana Tech University. I broke my ankle. I ended up trying to get back in shape, and, and getting back in shape, I ended up I ended up on the track team throwing the javelin. I got a scholarship, and and how God used that because there was two guys on our college track team that probably walked closer to the Lord than anybody else on my university campus, and they had a big impact on my life. And and after that, they went to be missionaries, one in Africa, one in Greece. But I've never recovered from the impact they had on my life in those college days. But a couple of years after that, as I was throwing the javelin, I got. I started qualifying for some uh, meets that were, you know, at the different regional levels, the Texas relays and so forth, and I was close to qualifying for nationals. And so I found myself watching, back then, of course, all we had is reel-to-reel tapes, but watching the best javelin throwers in the world uh, after studying, you know, doing my engineering homework and so forth and practice and track, I was, I was studying film because I was trying to figure out how I could get better. And so what happened is I was starting to, here I was really walking with God, loving God and doing ministry. God was really training me for, uh, for ministry. And at the same time, I was spending so much my, of my time trying to get better at throwing the javelin that it was having a detrimental influence on my nearness to God and my ministry. And, I, and one day shortly after that, I, I went out and I was practicing and, and as I threw it, I, when I planted to throw, something tore in my back. And I tell you, immediately I knew it was from the Lord. In fact, I immediately knew it was from the Lord because I knew things were out of kilter and out of balance in my life. And, and, and so I, I committed to him on that day that I'm going to change my priorities and get back to my priority being you number one and ministry number one. And he still allowed me to throw the javelin for the next couple of years, but I never again threw without pain. And I would wear a weightlifting belt to throw, but every time I'd throw and feel the pain, I would remember that this is not what I was made for. This is not what I'm called to. And so sometimes God has to interrupt our lives to separate us from some things that are interfering with what he really wants to do with us, and that is draw us close to him and to his calling on our lives. So there's certain, there are actually uncertainties in the wilderness times, difficulties that create in us this need to go back to God as our priority, our need to depend on him alone. And God orchestrates those things for our good. So sometimes God lets you do without so you can come to know him as your provider. And sometimes God lets you be lonely so you can come to know him, first and foremost, as your friend. 
Sometimes God allows you to be frightened and worried so you can come to know him as your peace. Sometime, sometimes God lets you be weak so you can come to know him as your strength. It's in, the, it's in times of wilderness that God reveals himself. In fact, I think it's in the darkness of the wilderness that we begin to see God more as our light. It's in even the bewilderment of the wilderness times that we begin to see God as our guide. So in times of wilderness, he is separating us from the influences that are detrimental and are interfering with our nearness to him and his calling on our lives. Now understand, this isn't an automatic thing. We, we resp- we, it's, our response is really important at this point because I can respond in such a way of submission and faith that this is better for me or I can respond with grumbling and complaining where this doesn't make me better, it makes me bitter. And that's what Israel did. They murmured, they complained, they griped, and in the process of God trying to make them better those first two and a half years, the majority of them just became bitter. So two and a half years wasn't going to be enough for them to learn the lessons that God wanted them to do and separate themselves onto him. So God will make it not two and a half, he makes it 40. 40 years. Because why? Because he's serious about his people learning this lesson. In fact, you know, as they were complaining, sometimes in the midst of our complaining about the wilderness testing time we find ourselves in, we say the kinds of things that Israel said back then. Israel said in their bitterness, let's go back to Egypt. It was better there. And sometimes as a Christian, you start going through a time of wilderness test and you think, I think I'm going to go back to my old way of life. But God's committed to us and he's committed to tacking on extra time in the wilderness if necessary for us to learn what we need to learn. And it's for our good that we learn it. So the question I think for each of us as we find our times in, you know, times of wilderness testing is, are we learning the lesson? Or is God going to have to tack on more time for us to learn that he is separating us from those influences that are interfering in our nearness to him and our calling from him? So that's the first thing we got to pay attention to when we find ourselves in times of wilderness testing is there is a time of separation that God intends. And ask yourself, what is it that I need to learn here? What is he separating me from so I can draw close to him and I can cooperate with what he's doing? Well, there's a second element or even a second phase, I think, in wilderness testing, and that is it is a time of revelation from God. It's a time of separation unto God, and then it's a time of revelation from God. Let's read Exodus 19, verse 2 through 6. When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him, called to him, from the mountain saying, 
Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the sons of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So God brought them into the wilderness to bring them to himself. He brought them into the wilderness and brought them to Mount Sinai to reveal himself. He made a covenant with them as a special people. He gave them the revelation of his commandments, not just the Ten Commandments, but many more than the Ten, so they might walk with him. God wanted them to be his own possession. He wanted to make them a kingdom of priests, interceding for the nations of the world. So this was a great time of revelation at Mount Sinai, and that is part of what God does in times of wilderness testing, is a time of revelation. Revelation from God. And most of us really don't tend to be ready to receive revelation from God unless we are in those times of wilderness testing. Because it's in those times we're finally going, okay, Lord, I'm listening. And we're ready to hear from him. So then in times of wilderness testing, we stop leaning on other things and we start to lean toward God and lean on him alone. So wilderness times are times of revelation from God. So if you're finding yourself in a time of wilderness testing, I think another good question to ask yourself is, what are you saying to me now? What are you speaking to me, Lord? Moses received the greater revelation than anyone else in the Old Testament time. And you, th- you think, well, where did he get this revelation? Well, Moses got this revelation in the wilderness. Now, with, with revelation, with, with revelation, this knowledge is, is power, and it's important that when God gives us revelation, that he's also humbling us at the same time. We have to be humble enough to be trusted with this revelation. That's why wilderness testing times are times of brokenness and humility. That's why it says of Moses in Numbers 12, 3, that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. It'll make sense to me that the man who received the most revelation at that point in the history of the world would also be the humblest man on the face of the earth. Because it's not only people who trust God that receive revelation, it's people God trusts. Trust to handle the revelation. David, King David, a man after God's own heart, received tremendous amount of revelation. Many of your favorite Psalms were written by David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that God anointed David as king and left him in the wilderness 10 to 20 years? Why? Well, that's where he's not only receiving revelation, but that's where God is humbling him and breaking him to be able to rightly handle the revelation. The prophets that receive revelation, the story of the prophets, is the story of these men and women, Deborah, that were in the wilderness Isaiah 66, 2, but to this one I will look 
to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, who trembles at my word. Who does God look to? Those who are broken, humble, contrite, and tremble at his word. Receiving revelation is a powerful thing, and it's important that we're humble. So as we're in the wilderness, understand this revelation. You're going to hear from God, but you're also going to be being broken by God to be able to be trusted with the revelation you receive. John the Baptist Jesus says in Luke 7, 26, that John was a prophet. In fact, Jesus said he was more than a prophet. Where was John? John was out in the wilderness. And why was John so humble? Where did he get this humility? I mean, the humility of John the Baptist is incredible. I mean, when, when they came to ask him who you are, who are you when he's preaching in the wilderness and baptizing, he didn't even give them his name. He never even gave his name. You talk about being self-forgetful. He just said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He said, there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to get on my knees and unlatch his sandals. John received great revelation, but also there was a humility and brokenness that God was doing at the same time. Even Jesus, Hebrews 5 verse 8 says this, although he was a son He learned obedience from the things which he suffered. So even the Son of God who took on flesh and blood in the historical person of Jesus of Nazareth learned obedience from wilderness testing kind of times. The Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul received a tremendous amount of revelation from God. Yet you also see the humility in Paul. He referred to himself as least of the apostles, least of the saints, Greatest of sinners. Where did Paul learn this? Where did he get this? He got it in the wilderness. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Paul is speaking here. The apostle Paul says, When he called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas, Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. So Paul received great humility and revelation from the Lord, I think, during those wilderness times. He went into the desert for years before he met up with the apostles. Wilderness testing times are times of humility and brokenness along with times of revelation from God. See, God has to make sure that we're humble enough not to misuse the power of receiving revelation. With revelation comes authority and power, power over other people even. And the question is, can God trust us with that kind of authority, that kind of power? Well, God knows that he has to also humble us to be able to give us revelation to trust us with that kind of power. So it's not only those who trust God that receive revelation, greater revelation, but those whom God trusts. Another time of wilderness testing for me was right after Trace and I started Grace Community Church. There were two other men who were going to start Grace Community Church with me at the time. And after I had fully committed myself and Trace and I fully committed all we had, which wasn't much, but we gave everything we had into starting Grace Community Church, both those other men stepped away and said that they weren't going to be part of that. 
And so feeling very alone, Tracy and I would continue to pray, but I just said, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear something from you right now. And so I opened my Bible and I'm praying, Lord, speak to me. And it was one of those gracious moments where God just had my Bible open up to a verse. And it opened up to Jeremiah 2, verse 37. I looked down and I just read. It said, For the Lord has rejected those in whom you trust, and you shall not prosper with them. And sure enough, as God began to, to really develop Grace Community Church, and I thought about those two men, they would have, they would have not, never gone the direction that God really intended for it to go. But see, in times, but that was not just a revelation to me for that moment. That was a revelation to me in that wilderness testing time that I'm, I don't need to trust in any people. I need to trust in God. I need to make him my trust. I do and you do. So wilderness times are times of separation unto God. Wilderness times are times of revelation from God. But there's a third thing that happens in times of wilderness testing, and that is wilderness testing is a time of preparation for God. God is preparing us for the next leg of our journey. He's preparing us for that. I mean, he prepared Israel to walk now into the promised land. That was the goal of wilderness testing. The next chapter, it's a time of preparation, a time in which we are going to learn to totally depend on him because the next stage of our ministry in life is going to be a, a stage that we need to totally depend on him. Let's read Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 through 6. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand, listen to this, that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you, just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. I want you to notice that, that phrase, that he might make you understand. Here's wilderness preparation, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Of course, Jesus quotes this during his during his wilderness time, those 40 days, he quotes this verse and says, have you not read man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Learning to live off the word of God is important for if we're going to be prepared for the next leg of our journey. We've got to be men and women who know how to live off the word of God, live on the word of God. Draw your direction, your strength, your power, your encouragement off the word of God. My, my, my dad, who's in heaven now, but, he, he, you know, I, I shared the gospel with my father 35 years before he came to Christ. And it was, it was that year before he died after all the heart, heart attacks, the heart surgeries, the bypasses, the strokes, and the cancer. That he's broken and he turns to Christ. 
But, but every time we would go back to Louisiana where he retired from the Air Force there and see him, uh, my dad's an early riser, I'm an early riser, and I would be up in the dining room reading my Bible. And one morning I was reading my Bible, my dad walked behind me in the dining room, and he looked over my shoulder, so he saw me reading the Bible, and he said, you had not finished that book yet? I said, Dad, that's not how it works. It's not just a book you read. It's food for my soul. You know, I have a spirit man, and you get to strengthen your spirit man. Some of us aren't in the Word very much, and we're wondering why our spirit man or spirit woman is so weak. Well, if you go without eating in your physical body, you'll become weak. Go without feeding your spirit man or spirit woman, you will be weak. Well, in the wilderness, we learn that we have got to become self-feeders. We've got to feed ourselves on the word of God. Realize that we draw everything from him and through his word is crucial. So, see, sometimes a shepherd would make his sheep lie down in green pastures. Make them. That's what the verse says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Why? Because the shepherd knows what's next in the journey. The sheep don't. The shepherd knows the sheep aren't ready yet for the rest of the journey. So the shepherd makes them lie down in green pastures and feed so they have the strength to go on to the next leg of the journey. And some of you feel like you're in a holding pattern right now with the Lord, and you need to understand this is a time to feed on the Word of God. This is a time to get prepared for the next leg of the journey. If you're, like, if you're thinking, I don't even know how to prepare for what God's going to have next for me, I know how to prepare for it. You get in the Word of God. And feed on the word of God. Let's read this verse. Deuteronomy 131. In the wilderness where you saw how the Lord God carried you, just as a man carries his son, and all the way which you have walked into you came to this place. Some of you say, I'm in a time of wilderness, and I don't even think I got the strength to go on. I, I, I just don't even think I got any energy. I'm discouraged. And right now, you're even here today. You're even tuned in today because God's carrying you. He's carrying you still right now. And so let me ask Aaron to come on up here. Some of you, you know, right now, you know you're in a time of wilderness testing. Right now, God is separating you from certain influences that are hindering your nearness to him. Cooperate with him on that. Don't fight him with that. Some of you, God is humbling you and giving revelation to you. Again, you know, be very careful to listen to what he says, but also what you do with it, walk in humility. And for some of you, you think, I, I know God's preparing me for something next. There's a next chapter. By the way, there is a next chapter for all of us. Don't be thinking that my book's over. I'm going to write it out. You have a next chapter. And God is about preparing you for it. I want some of you older saints to think for a moment. Some of you think, you know, I've done a lot of ministry. I'm kind of just a little bit on cruise control. Your greatest ministry might be five minutes of what you know how to say, when to say it, that's going to be so powerful, it's going to change someone's whole life. And you couldn't have done it without all these years that God has built into you. And so do not, do not think that God is not, does not still has something he wants to do in you and through you. But if you're in a time of wilderness testing, let's, first of all, let's just all stand up during this closing ministry time. Because I want to close with this simple thought. Those of you that are in a time of wilderness testing, you, don't, you know you're in it. You know, you don't have to think, am I or am I not? Now, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking that, well, you're probably not. 
If you're in the time of wilderness testing, you know it. You know, you feel it. And some of you right now are struggling with cooperating with God and becoming better or fighting him and becoming bitter. You're, you're, you're there, you're, you're wrestling with it, you, you, but you got enough faith, you're here, you want to be better, but you, you, feel, you feel some of that draw to become bitter. And we want to pray for you today. We, we're with you in this. So if that's where you are, you're, you're fighting it, you want to make sure to cooperate with God, you need the strength to cooperate. And some of you feel like God is just carrying you. Let him, let him just carry you up to this altar right now and let's pray for you. You're thinking, I don't have anything left. I feel like I've been stripped and I just need God to, to, to strengthen me today. If that's you, and either one of those categories, come up and let us pray for you during this last closing song. Father, Lord, you know where all of us are. You know those that need prayer today. Lord, you enable them to just put pride aside and be part of just a family and let us come together and hold each other up. I pray for the anointing of your spirit to fall and strengthen all those who need it today. In the name of Jesus. So if that's you, you need prayer today, come on up. Those of you that want to come pray for them, don't don't wait for me to call you up. Go ahead and just slip out of your seat and come and pray for those who are coming down here for prayer. Some more people to come down and pray, please. Slip out of your seat and come down and pray.
Lord Jesus, you're right here with us like you promised you'd be when we gather in your name. You're here, so we're asking you, Lord, to touch everyone who needs a touch from you. We ask you just to touch them now. Release the strength. Release the encouragement. Release the revelation, the perspective. Release whatever is needed, Lord. Lord, and many of them feel like you're just carrying them right now, Lord. Would you just now give them that assurance you'll continue to carry them every time they need it. Lord, let that come. And Lord, we pray that we would really learn what you want us to learn during this season of our life. And we might be able to move on into that next, that victory of the promised land that you have in the next chapter. We pray this in the name of Jesus.